Peter Pan once said, To die will be an awfully big adventure. This is Save vs. Rant. Welcome to Save vs. Rant, the Everyman Gaming Podcast. My name is John. And I'm Jeremy. Today we're talking about character death. Now, it's very important to know that we're talking about character death in RPGs. We're not talking about your characters in your board games. I mean, there are board games where characters die, like Dead of Winter, for example, where you might have more than one character and one of them dies. That's not what we're getting into right now. Yeah, no, that that's just the lose condition of the game. No, we are in fact talking about what happens when your character dies in an RPG. I suppose the first thing we have to answer is, why is this a topic? Why is this bad? Why are we even talking about this? Most of the time, the goal in the RPG is not to have your character die. You're playing Dungeons & Dragons, for example. You want your character to live, to thrive, to achieve power, wealth, prestige, treasure, all the good things in life. Yeah, very rarely is it, I want to go into this dungeon and get killed by a mind flare. So, it's bad for players, in so much as when your character dies, you have essentially lost the game. It's also bad for DMs, because now you have to stop the story that you're telling and figure out a way to get a new character in for this player. I mean, you're not just going to kick the character out. Go, go, wait outside! You're not allowed to play anymore! Uh, That'd be an old-school DM approach, which, you know... used Used to be everything was player versus DM. It was pretty much a game of... Am I cleverer than the players? Can I beat them with certain constraints on me? We don't really play role-playing games that way anymore. Nowadays, the DM is is a co-sponsor of this gaming experience. Yes. So th- that's why it's bad. So wh- what are we going to do? What what do we what do we do when a character dies? Well, I suppose the first thing that we have to talk about is if you're a player, what do you do when you're dead? You th- there's dead downtime. Yeah, which is not exactly fun. I mean, if it's if it's not fun to be paralyzed or fall asleep or otherwise be brought out of a fight, try when your character is just plain gone, like they're not allowed in the fight at all. That that can be very frustrating. It's it's just a bad time for everyone. When I'm DMing, if a character dies, I usually find something for that player to do to keep them entertained in the combat, and it's almost always a combat. Yeah, and almost always the easiest response is to, in a combat with multiple monsters, even a combat with a single monster, just hand the monsters over to the player and say, you do this. You're in charge. You control these monsters. Give them hell, and I'll give you experience. Yeah. Uh, If there is a DM-controlled NPC traveling with the party, it's also a fun time to just hand the NPC off to the player and go, here's your backup character until we get a new character in for you. Depending on the circumstances, they might even want to keep the NPC. It it really depends on the situation, but in general, the rule is try to get the player involved again, and that's what you should be trying to do anytime a character dies, is get the player involved in the game. Uh, Sometimes it can just be the player takes the opportunity to start making their new character. If you have a player who is very creative, they might already have an idea for their next character and start rolling it up right there. As long as they're not distracting, that's a really good time to do it. If you have some of my players, they're always making new characters, whether or not they get a chance to play them. Because making characters is a fun part of the game. 
And it's good to be able to have those fun parts of the game available in a time when you're already dedicating yourself to role-playing. Another thing to do when you're experiencing dead downtime is to help the other players out. Sometimes you have a friend who's running a very complex wizard or a very complex fighter who doesn't necessarily keep all of their notes in track. You know, it's funny that we can say very complex fighter these days. Back in the bad old days of gaming, fighter just meant, I hit things. But these days you can be like, well, actually... Actually, my character does tripping attacks, which he then pairs with cleaves in order to get maximum battle potential out of every round. Now, the worst thing that can happen is the player just disengages from the game. Oh, my character's dead. I wonder what's on Facebook right now. That's that, that that's distracting. That's just as bad as if they had left the room. Uh, possibly worse than if they had left the room. But ultimately, the problem is that they're no longer engaged in your game, and that can be a pretty serious problem. I mean, in general, we all get together to roleplay, and people have busy lives. If we're roleplaying, that's what we want to be doing. We want to be having fun roleplaying. So not only is character dying bad for outside of the game, most of the time, the the biggest issues that we actually have with it are the repercussions in-game. A character just died. There is now a corpse laying around at the feet of of these characters. And any storylines involving that character have now come to a screeching halt. But furthermore, there's the issue of a pile of treasure being there where the character once was, the corpse of the character, and how to deal with that in-game. In general, different... Different systems, of course, have different expectations for this. Um, In modern systems like World of Darkness, Chronicles of Darkness, you take a modern take on the corpse. I mean, you know, probably you're going to get it embalmed, have a funeral, all of that, or maybe it's just been eaten by a monster and it's gone. In, in, In any case... In World of Darkness, Chronicles of Darkness, that sort of thing, there's an expectation that there's a modern sort of solution to this situation. I mean, if you're playing D&D, a lot of times the whole thought is, huh, well, we take all their treasure and we leave the body. Which could actually be really bad if you're in the fifth layer of hell and you left your friend's corpse there with all the devils. That's really a bad time. It might come back to haunt you. Actually, if your DM is any good, it will come back to haunt you. Actually, John, I kind of want to do a story about that now. I want to have the players questing along and then suddenly a portal opens up in front of them and a blood demon pours out and goes, You, give me back my sword. And they say it in the voice of your old friend. Ooh. Okay, so if any of my players are listening, uh, disregard that whole last bit. Yeah, completely. It's... uh... (laughs) For instance, in the 3rd edition of D&D, or 4th edition, or 5th edition, there is some expectation that the player characters will have accumulated some treasure, some magic items, and all of that. Now, if a player character dies, all of that equipment is presumably still right where it was left, which means the other players get to loot their remains. When the new player character comes in, though, there's going to be expectation that he comes with wealth as well. This can create sort of a feedback loop of every time a character dies, the party becomes exponentially more powerful as each time the wealth accumulates. Now, sometimes you just die in a way that the wealth is gone. You know, you fell into a pit of acid, nothing left. Fell into the volcano, lava, burns it all away. You fell into the dragon's mouth, he ate it, it was tasty, whatever. In any case, the point is, sometimes the treasure is just gone. And that's the simplest solution, of course. 
But the other times, the treasure is still there, and the player's going to want to bring in a character of roughly the same level. Uh, this is less important in 2nd, 5th edition, some of the outlying editions of games. Um, World of Darkness, it really doesn't matter because everything... You know, I just want to say that I really appreciate the way that the World of Darkness ties things like magic items and equipment to the actual dots on your character sheet. Yeah, you've, you've spent XP to get this magic item. It wasn't just given to you. Or maybe it was given to you and you had to unlock it by spending XP. It's beautiful. Or you could get things ephemerally and then you have no right to complain when they're taken away from you if you don't spend the dots on it. So even if the character leaves behind a huge pile of magic items, the storyteller is well within their limits to take those away if no one wants to invest the dots in keeping those items. So it's a a self-sustaining system. That's a really good way of handling character death from a resource perspective. And I really give them kudos for that. Oh, John, uh, before we were recording, we were uh, talking about what happens to the giant pile of treasure. And I I really wanted to relate, uh, one of my absolute favorite dungeons of all time is the Tomb of Horrors. I love the Tomb of Horrors. Tomb of Horrors. And one of the best parts about it is that sometimes the the characters die, or sometimes they're removed, uh, robbed of all their treasure. All of that goes to the treasure room at the end. All of it's gathered together, and then when your party finally gets there, they get... All of it. And it was it was part of the expectation that you get all of this treasure. Well, that's because it was a... As you've mentioned before, it's a tournament dungeon. It was intended to be run as a tournament at a con. So everyone who played was contributing to this giant pile of wealth at the end. And then the winners get to loot everything. And that's really cool from a tournament perspective. Let's just talk real quick about 3rd edition, 4th edition. Basically any of the dungeon crawlers of the past 10, 15 years... What do we do when there's the corpse there with their pile of treasure? Now, the obvious solution is resurrection. All of those games have some form of resurrection, and there's kind of a sweet spot where resurrection is easy enough to be worthwhile, but difficult enough that player character death is an actual setback. Usually 7th through 12th level or so. Yeah, usually at much higher levels, like 18th level character death is nothing but an, an annoying speed bump along the way. And earlier than that, character death is pretty daunting. But around that sweet spot, there's an expectation that the character will be resurrected, the party will lose some resources in the process, and everyone is going to go home happy, ultimately. So that solves the treasure problem right there. Um, It's possible that the player characters might hawk some of that character's treasure in order to make the payments for the resurrection, something like that. Ultimately, though, you don't have to worry about that pile of loot falling into the right hands. One of the sneaky things you can do as a DM, yes, this character just died. The new character came in with a whole bunch of extra money. And you guys are going into this dungeon that is surprisingly devoid of treasure. I don't know why there's not more treasure in here. It's almost like uh, 10,000 GP has been subtracted from this dungeon. Another thing is, maybe if your player characters are dying with any sort of, uh, you know, frequency, it's possible they need that little treasure boost, depending on how you're running things. Okay, John, I'm feeling personally attacked there. (laughs) I just really want to say that if players were just better at my games, they wouldn't die all the time. The The characters would not die. I didn't say your name. You were implying it very heavily. That's correct. The character is dead. They're gone. They're buried. What do we do to get this player's next character into the game? How long do you wait? You could be in the middle of a dungeon. 
why is there now another adventurer just waltzing around? Hello, friends, I've come through the wall. I was digging. Well, they could be a prisoner. They could be a fellow explorer who's just gotten lost. They might have lost their own party. I mean, there are a lot of ways to write them into just about any situation. You just have to be a little creative with it. And hopefully you can collaborate with the player on that. Uh, Different systems, of course, have different expectations for this sort of thing. In some systems, death is pretty much the the, uh, expected outcome. Uh, One good example, don't rest your head. In don't rest your head, everybody dies at the end. That's pretty much the expectation. You either die or you wake up and become... useless (laughs) and one thing i really like about how don't rest your head handles death is it's is it's a very narrative system so um throughout the game you have some mystical aspect to your character that helps them along the way a dream world power gifted to you because you've woken up to the to the nightmare realm the great thing is there was a book that was released with don't rest your head that had A to Z different uh, sort of powers that you could have. My favorite is D is for dinosaur. And you got to think Jurassic Park, like in the scene where the water is rippling, that's like the minor effect of your dinosaur. Like it just suddenly everyone can feel the pressure of the dinosaur taking its steps and feel its breath. And But of course, when you finally die, the dinosaur eats you. so sometimes death is the final goal and sometimes it's just arbitrary bullshit yeah yeah i'm looking at you dragon age rpg oh my god here's what pisses me off about the dragon age rpg okay if you play dragon age like the video game and that's probably where you came up with you didn't just see dragon age on the shelf and go oh i guess that sounds great you were playing the dragon age video game and you said i would like to play this as an rpg Dragon Age Inquisition, by the way, is one of the video games I've invested so much time in in the last three, four, five, well, I've invested more hours into that game than I have at work in some weeks. (laughs) Dragon Age Origins, Inquisition, and that other one. The three Dragon Age games is probably where you got your inspiration to play the Dragon Age RPG. So... It's kind of a little bit shocking that the Dragon Age RPG is absolutely nothing like Dragon Age. Most notably, character death. Now, in Dragon Age, characters only die at narratively appropriate moments, okay? This is built into the game. For instance, uh, Leliana can only die if... I should I should say spoiler, but these games are old enough. Okay, Leliana can only die if you desecrate the sacred ashes of the saint and then she gets all pissy about it and starts fighting you. Or um, uh, Zevran. Zevran can die either when you encounter him, which is what I accidentally did the first time. I'm like, this guy's an assassin. I'll kill him. He's going to fuck me up. Or if you allow Zevran into your party and keep him with you for a while, then he he eventually sicks the rest of the assassins on you if you don't make him like you enough. Okay? So these are narratively appropriate times for characters to die. In Dragon Age 2, Electric Boogaloo, your, your character's mother actually ends up dying in a really awful horrible method and it feels like like you made the wrong decision unfortunately your your mother your character's mother is guaranteed to die no matter what uh what direction you go but it, it felt so so strong in the narrative that it it made me upset it made me actually restart one time going no i'm going to make her live no my character's mother isn't going to die yeah well the point is All the deaths were narratively appropriate, and characters didn't just die in the party. Like, if you got defeated, you got knocked down. The f***ing 
Dragon Age RPG, death is viciously uh, arbitrary. You die, if you if you get knocked down, you die two plus constitution rounds later unless you're healed. Uh, bonus, at the end of the encounter, you don't get a second win, so you don't heal naturally if you are knocked down to zero hit points. Okay? So, you can die arbitrarily for no goddamn good reason, and on top of that... If you get knocked down to zero hit points, you don't get to play in the next encounter. It just screws you over. The system was nothing like the video game at all. One thing they did get right, I guess, if you want to think of this as getting it right, is the module that comes with it has tons of no-win scenarios and pretends that they're actual choices. I really, really liked the stunt system in the Dragon Age RPG, which was a really, really fun thing. But it had nothing to do with the video game. Yeah, nothing like the video game. Jeremy just put up his hand to stop me right there. I really like the stunt system because he knew I would come up with nothing like the game. It's terrible. It's bad. But it is a really cool system, actually. It's just a cool system for another RPG. So so you, you just went on a little bit of a rant about death. I have a personal rant here. DMs. If you end up killing a character, no matter how annoying how much of a pain in the ass that character was, don't celebrate. You didn't just win. Don't get up and start pelvic thrusting in that player's face. No. No. Don't be a dick. Wheaton's Law. Don't be a dick. The player was playing that character because they enjoy that character. Even if you found it annoying. Even if the other players found it annoying. Clearly you didn't find it so annoying that you kicked them out of their group or forced uh, them to play a different character. So you shouldn't be celebrating this thing that they liked being removed from the game. Actually, if you really want to have fun with it, have the NPCs have a funeral for this character. This character affected lives in this game. Have a funeral. Have the other characters give a small eulogy for this character. Let that ca- let that player know that that character was fun and enjoyed. It was part of the game, and we all like all the parts of the game. Put fun back in funeral. I suppose that my favorite thing to do in that instance is to give closure to the character. If it's the end of the character, let them have a good, solid death. Let them have a good... Yes, the paladin just fell down into the lava. That's not cool. Why'd they die like that? Oh, you later talk and find out that their soul is now trapped in the abyss. They fell into the lava and fell into hell. That the story goes on, even though the character is dead. Right, you can still tie characters into the story, even if they've died and been removed from it in that sense. You can still have these elements of closure, as long as you don't overuse them and keep bringing characters back again and again and again and again. I'm looking at you, Supernatural. So, uh, an interesting thing that happened recently in my games. I run 5th edition. And I was running a game at my friendly local gaming store, and one of the characters died. It happens. I have a tendency to have characters die, especially at lower levels. And he went, okay, I'm going to roll up a new character. Well, another player in the group, his character was heavily tied to the first character. It was his character's best friend. What do we do in that situation? What did you do? (sighs) Well, uh, he went on a long quest to go and try and resurrect and bring back his best friend. And I ended up tying in that his best friend's soul was actually trapped by the big bad evil guy. And so it would finally be released once that main quest was resolved. And then the new character came in and this player had a full 
reason to want to go on on this uh, quest and defeat the big bad evil guy. The new character came in. He already had his other, uh, his own reason to want to play, and the game kept going on. It, it was good. It was interesting, and it tied into the story and built on the motivation of the first character. I like that. That's that's a great story. I like it. So let's see. Um. Ooh. Here's a here's another quick anecdote. The Mage Storyteller's Guide. By the way, I really loved Mage: The Awakening, and I'm pretty well invested too in the Chronicles of Darkness version. I think they did a lot of things right. Just plugging it there for my own purposes. But um, in the Mage Chronicler's Guide, the character of Lucy Sulfate. Um, in one of the vignettes where they're explaining how you can use character death as a dramatic element, uh, Lucy Sulfate gets stabbed by her lover, and instead of dying immediately, she grabs her lover by the waist, kisses her, dances briefly with her, and then they both plummet into the abyss together. And this is a satisfying end to the character Lucy Sulfate. You know, this is the sort of thing that if you saw it on TV, for instance, on Supernatural, that's always a great example of what the world of darkness would look like as a TV series, just throwing it out there. (laughs) The thing is that if you saw that in a TV series, it would be that moment that meant something to us that that we all related to. Like Lucy sulfate would have been this character that we'd been following this whole time. And then suddenly to have her removed in such a shocking way would, it would be one of those moments that's a tearjerker. We'd all be sitting there with wet eyes going, Oh my God, Lucy's gone. It'd just be a fantastic moment. So sometimes death is an opportunity for narrative wonder, for something that really goes beyond just the standard game into something that really touches us. So we've been sitting here talking for 20-some-odd minutes now about death, and that's a very heavy subject. But sometimes death is only the beginning. Sometimes death is the very beginning. If I'm playing in a vampire game... It's kind of expected that my character was living a normal mortal life and then died and then became a vampire. Right. And that gives us another narrative opportunity to say what the character was like beforehand, what they came from. And that's another moment where we can bring death into a game in a way that supports the narrative rather than just being another moment in a game. Uh, Another one, Geist the Sin Eaters, starts with your death, or with your narrowly averted death, as um, the Geist gives you an out. The point being that both of these games have that in common. That moment where your character dies is the beginning. In Demon, the old World of Darkness Demon, a lot of times your character became a character because he was suicidal and got possessed by a demon. The demon took that moment of weakness, that moment just before you shuffled off the mortal coil, as an opportunity to take over. And again, this gives you a great opportunity for that narrative element of death without blocking off the rest of the game. In games like Promethean, death is both a very serious topic that really messes with characters and can really be that pivotal moment, but at the same time, there's an out for death. Prometheans can be brought back from the dead either by uh, Promethean of the correct lineage or with their one-time get-out-of-death-free card. So, I know that you don't necessarily like homebrew role-playing games, but I've played a ton of them. And one of the best moments of death that I've ever played was in 
uh, I can't even remember the name of the system, but it, it was a homebrew game. And the whole first session that your character went through was the final moments of their life. And then you died. The reason being that all of the characters were avatars of death. You ended up working for death and going out and being Grim Reapers. And you were you were immortal. You, you were a horrible uh, spirit that could do all sorts of nasty things based on what powers you got. And the only thing that could finally kill you would be what killed you in life. So you work with the storyteller on what killed you, and then that's the only thing that could kill you in the rest of the game. That was a really, really good way of dealing with that. And I, I liked it. it. It had it all tied around the same same theme. That's a pretty cool homebrew. You've never told me about that one before. I mean, you know that homebrews aren't usually my thing, but I'd actually uh, be interested in at least seeing the narrative elements of that and what the way that the world is set up. Well, the the most interesting thing about it was the thought of after Jesus's death, God grew tired of the world. They killed his son and he got depressed. So the person deciding who's going up and who's going down is Satan. Hell is for the bad guys. You don't bring good guys down because that weakens Satan's army. And so you're working for death who works directly for Satan. But you still have to kill the bad guys because bad guys go to Satan. That's pretty amazing. Wow. But again, it gives us a great narrative elements for death. Not only for the player characters, but for the various people that they reap, you know? Because we have that element of uh, conflict there. And the conflict carries on at and beyond the character's deaths. And really, when it comes down to it, character death needs to be something that supports the narrative. In a lot of games, character death is the threat. Without character death, you don't have the game. Pathfinder, for example, you could probably remove the death element from it. But death is a motivating factor. Same with D&D. Yeah, same with basically any of the fantasy games, any of the modern games. I mean, if you're playing a wartime game, the threat of death is all around you. It's part of the narrative. Yeah. And in supernatural horror games, death is not only an element that's a threat to your character, but a threat to everyone around them. And when it comes down to it, death needs to serve a narrative purpose, even if that game ends when you die and that gives you a motivation not to die, or if it's something more like death is the beginning, as with vampires and geists and other games along those lines. All right, so let's wrap all this up. Death. It sucks. It sucks in real life. It sucks in game. If handled well, if you plan it out a little bit beforehand, if you think about it beforehand, it can actually become a very good part of the game. So, let's see. Um, so, what, what are we doing next? Uh, it says here in my notes, oh, Hidden Roll Games. Ah, Hidden Roll Games, yeah. That's going to be our next rant. Please stay tuned for that. To wrap up the death rant, I just want to say that ultimately how you handle death is going to be unique to your group, but I hope we've given you some ideas of how handling death can be something that's good for your game and not merely something that takes away from a character or removes a beloved character from the game. It can be something that helps you build narrative, helps you 
uh, build motivation, and ultimately makes for a thicker, richer, more delicious game. All right, everyone. Thank you very, very much for listening to Save vs. Rant. I'm Jeremy. I'm John. Take care. George Harrison once said, Turn off your mind, relax, and float downstream. It is not dying. It is not dying. Save vs. Rant is a Tabletop Gamers Guild production. Your hosts are John and Jeremy, with music by Timmy Skittles. Save vs. Rant is recorded on dueling laptops in front of a silent and invisible studio audience. Visit us at SaveVsRant.com or on Facebook or Twitter at Save vs. Rant.